one of the things that's pretty high on my to-do list is to create a series about building components, a kind of more advanced series about mixing and matching Quasar components, wrapping Quasar components to get a little bit of extra functionality at times, and deciding whether or not you should wrap a component or just use the composition API, which is kind of a new question that I've started asking myself a lot more lately, stuff like that. And so that's a series that's coming out soon. So you can check out quasarcast.com slash register if you want to be the first to know about that. Um, but yeah, today I just wanted to talk about some of my favorite um, basically base components that I often use in projects. These are the ones that, um, they're kind of my own private components in my own library, but when I do create this series, I'm gonna show you how to do it. And the reason I don't wanna create my own library that I share with others is I think that it's important to have a little bit of your own flavor when you're starting to extend um, Quasar in this way. So these components aren't particularly difficult to build. I mean, they can be if you're not as experienced, but once you know how to build them they don't take that much time and I think it's important that you build some of these base components yourself so that you can mix and match them for your own needs so without further ado I'm gonna run through some of these components that I absolutely love and the first one is my all-time favorite I use this pattern all the time in almost every single project it's one of the first things I do is to create this component and I call it the dialogue button component these are all prefixed with a B for me B stands for base um, and I actually have a Quasar extension that supplies all of my components, but that's a conversation for another day. So anyway, the dialog button component, what does it do? So the idea is, it's just like a normal button component, but whatever you put inside that button will show up in a dialog when that button is pressed. And these are fantastic for things like um, create forms. Let's just say you have a create post form and you want it to show up in a dialogue, which is a pattern I use all the time. There's a lot of dialogues in um, a lot of the apps that I build for bits and pieces here and there. You could basically have a dialogue button and within it, you put your post form. So you can just whack the post form directly in there. And that saves you having to create like a a dialogue, a post dialogue um window or like a post dialogue and then like a post button that you click and then opens the post dialogue and then that's got the create post form in it and then you'll have to have one for updating as well basically my dialogues are virtually always the same and so I just I simply have this dialogue button there's a few little bits and pieces you can figure here and there and you just throw whatever content you want to show up in the dialogue and it is absolutely fantastic so they're really easy to build as well because basically you bind all of the props and I don't think we need to do this anymore in view 3 but basically I send all of the props through to the button and then um, when you click on that button I say show dialogue is true and when you get out of the dialogue button, then that's set to false because the show dialogue is modeling the actual dialogue itself. So this is kind of hard to explain code in a podcast. <laughs> but basically, this is a button where the content you put in there is slotted into that component so that you can very easily click on a button and then show whatever's inside there. Now, I like to add a couple of attributes here, like show toolbar and toolbar text. So if I've got show toolbar equal to true, it's just gonna give me a default toolbar with a close button because I always have that button, that pattern where I'm showing a close button in my toolbar. Um, yeah, so a, a toolbar with a close button and I can add some toolbar text in there as well. And I like to do other little things like have a couple of extra slots like um, 
so I can like replace the close button or completely replace the toolbar. There's little bits and pieces and like set a color so that the toolbar has a different color. Bits and pieces here and there. It's one of my favorite components, the B dialog button component. Now, the next one is the number input. Oh my goodness, this is something that has bugged me so much throughout the years building components. Number inputs are not that difficult to do in Vue. Number inputs with commas is an absolute nightmare and I am yet to find a single library that truly handles this problem well for me. So for example, if you've got a number input that's got commas and it's got decimal places as well, being able to backspace on that number input um, is really, really hard because you kind of have to like backspace and then know what to get rid of and then when you click out of it, you need to make sure that it's modeling the right thing correctly and if the last thing in that number is a comma, then it's not going to work properly. So you need to make sure that when you do an input and the last value of that input is a comma, then get rid of the comma and if the last value is a decimal place, then um, don't get rid of the decimal place, but um, do get rid of the decimal place when you actually commit that input um, because otherwise it's not going to model properly because there won't be a number anymore and convert. There's just so many annoying bits and pieces. And one day I just sat down and I'm like, I've had enough of this. I'm just going to create this myself from scratch. And now that I've built it, it's wonderful. If we're dealing with numbers that have commas and decimal places, I'm like, I know that this input works. It's great for things like um, monetary values. Uh, it's a great experience for the user, especially when like, you know, if some of our clients are dealing with millions of dollars and it's such a terrible experience if you're inputting um, something like three and a half million dollars and the commas aren't showing up or they're not showing up correctly or you need to click out of it before the commas show up. It's just a terrible experience. And I've never seen a website that does it well. And so I thought, you know what? We're going to be the ones that do it well. And so, um, yeah, I felt that pain and built the B number input. I'm super proud of it. Maybe that's one I actually could share because it is pretty helpful. Anyway, moving on to the next one. So dealing with dates is a common thing in our application. And there's just so many situations where people accidentally put dates in wrong. I do my very best. I add hints at the bottom. Um, I have placeholders to show them how to put the date in. But it always happens where people put in wrong dates. And I'm like, you know what? Why don't we just give them a little bit of feedback and let them know that if they put in a certain number of values... Uh, the date has been validated and it is incorrect, right? So basically I've made it so there's just a little cross that shows up. It's like a, a little orange cross or something that basically says, hey, this input isn't actually valid. And it might show like a little hint underneath. Actually, I haven't done that, but that's probably a good idea. Maybe I could show like a hint underneath that shows, you know, what the format should be. Hmm. And another thing I could probably do is make it so that if you click out of that, so if you unfocus it and uh, it's not valid, then you get like a little notify on top of it, like a little tooltip that shows up. I don't know, some cool ideas. But basically, I created my own date input. Um, and on top of that validation, I've got it so that you can input it with your, um, with your keyboard. So you can just put the number straight in. Or you can click on a little date icon on the right side of the field, which will open up the date um, picker so that you can do it visually if you'd like to and that's sort of synced with the input So if you choose the date using the date picker that will work or you can just manually put the date in and they're both in sync And I, I just really like that experience. I think it's like one of the most wonderful date inputs We put a lot of work into it and it was totally worth it in the end So that's the date input and now the other one I really want to tell you guys about is the date 
time input. So it's basically the exact same as the date input. I totally swiped this from the docs, by the way. They show this in the Quasar documentation. I thought it was a tremendous idea, so I used it. And it's the same with the date input where it does a bit of validation, but it handles time as well. And then what I did, um, once again, I stole this from the docs. On the right side of the input is a button that's got a picture of a clock. And if you click on that, you can choose the time. And on the left side of the input is a button where you can choose the date. So these are just little menus that pop up. So you can click on those buttons to do it visually, or you can just manually type the whole thing in, which is really annoying with times. It's really easy to get wrong. Um, and so th that's a really nice experience. And I thought the docs had a great idea there. So I just totally swiped it. <laughs> now, the other one is, this one's really cool. And I can't wait to show this in my series. I actually built the video for it for Quasar version one, but I never even released it because I thought, well, version two is around the corner. So stuff it. I threw that out the window and decided I'm just going to redo it for Quasar version two. And this is the video URL input. So there's a really cool library out there that allows you to validate um, video URLs and get the provider and the ID. So for example, if I paste a YouTube video in there, then this library will tell me that it's a YouTube video and it will tell me the ID of that YouTube video, no matter how I paste it in. So if anyone's ever dealt with YouTube videos, you know what this is like. Sometimes, you know, YouTube's got like four, five, six different ways that you can do a YouTube URL. This will basically, no matter how it's pasted in, pluck out the URL and identify it as a YouTube URL. Um, and I think it's called like, I don't know, video par parser or something or media parser. I can't remember the name of the library, but it's fantastic. And I thought this would be great paired with a component. So it's also got icons. And at the moment, I use it for Vimeo, YouTube, and Wistia, I think, is the other one. And so inside of this, I can paste in a URL. And then the left icon will actually show me the type of video it is just to kind of help me know that it actually worked. And if it's a YouTube video, it'll change to like a red color. If it's a Vimeo video, it'll change to like a blue color. And so it kind of gives you that extra little bit of feedback and it's really, really satisfying. So I love that one. The B video URL input. And now that we've got view three, it's really easy to model multiple values. So it would be really cool to be able to model, and I'm just going off the cuff here. Um, I'll probably rebuild this component so I can model the actual provider. I can model the, um, uh, the provider ID, so like the actual ID of the video, and I can model the URL, so like the URL in the way that I want the URL to ultimately be. So that'd be really cool. You could model it in three or four different ways. And the fourth one could be the input, because technically they're all different things. So the, the new way of handling models in view is going to be really nice, because I hate the whole dot sync thing. It just it feels a bit gross. So anyway, that's the video URL input. Love it. Can't wait to show it in my building components series. Now the last one, this one's a lot more advanced and a lot of you probably won't benefit from this, but I wanted to tell you something more advanced just to give you like um, a little bit of a peek into some of the stuff that we do uh, at work to extend Quasar for our needs. So the QTabs component is a fantastic component that basically allows you to choose, it, it just gives you a bunch of tabs. They're almost like buttons where you can pick that button and it will, and you can model it to a piece of data. I'm just trying to think of an example of this that I've seen in the real world, but there's not not a lot that I can think of. Um, no, actually, here's a good example. Like at the bottom of your Facebook app, you know how you've got those buttons that you can click on at the very bottom of the app? It's kind of like that, where you've got these different tabs. Anyway, that's that's not the best example of it. Just think of it as a horizontal row of buttons, but they don't look like a Q button. They're kind of like a little bit flatter. 
Um, if you know the stepper component, it's kind of like that. All right, I'm talking this to death. But one of the things we do is we will have one row of ta- we'll have like one row of tabs for different options we can that you can click on. So I work for an agriculture company, and we have pre-collection where we basically get the farmers to put in some data and. We'll get them. To, we'll collect that data, and then later on, we will then validate that data. So we call this pre-collection, right? Because it's before, um, you know, we actually do the. Actually, I don't know why they call it pre-collection in hindsight. Anyway, so this tab has the different things like livestock. Um, uh, there's one for cropping. There's one for rainfall. So we got the different tabs for that. But then there's another row of tabs. Um, so if you click on rainfall, for example, you'll then get another row of tabs where you can choose the year. And then when you click on the year, you'll get another row of tabs where you can click on the month, right? And then it'll show you like a calendar using Jeff's amazing Q calendar component where you can actually input the rainfall. And so the point I'm making is you've got these tabs and they're kind of in a hierarchical structure and especially for livestock. So if you click on the livestock tab, you will then have a bunch of tabs based on the number of based on the livestock you're doing collection for. So if you're doing it for cows and sheep, then you will have a tab for cows and a tab for sheep. Um, and so the point is you can kind of drill down using these tabs, right? It's almost like a tree of tabs and you you go from the top one that gives you more options in the second row of tabs and then more in the third row of tabs and you can kind of drill down on the thing that you need to collect. So hopefully I've explained that enough now. I've explained it to death. And this was really, this got really difficult and it ended up being a lot of code to write it. And so what we decided to do was actually model that data with... Um, with kind of like a model tree. So we have an object and within that object, you know, that's like the, our root tabs. And then that'll have a, ch- a children object, which has its root, its tabs. And then that can have like a children object, which has its tabs. And then the idea is using that object, we can then render out all of these tabs for us. And by the way, that object, we also supply it the component that it displays when you click on that tab. So. This is just to give you, I might have lost a few of you here, but for those of you that have followed, um, this could be super handy for you. This basically means that we can very easily create a hierarchical, a high, sorry, a hierarchy of tabs that the user can click down um, using like a, sort of like a data object. And that data object can then be dynamic. So in that livestock I gave you, where you can click on the livestock tab, we can then dynamically create the child tabs for that. Um, And then, you know, they might all use the same component or they might use different components. And there's like, anyway, it's, it's, it's really cool. And furthermore, what we've done with that is we've made it so that the pathway that you've chosen through those tabs, uh, you can actually model that using dot notation. So you could say like livestock, dot sheep dot sales for example and then what you could do is now that you can model that you could sort of make you could also put that as like a query string in your browser and then use that query string to jump to the the right tab the moment that page is loaded so there's all these like cool things you can do with it like that and it's it's really exciting you can then like save the person's location really easily by simply saving that query string for that tab you can put that in local storage um, and then when they come back to do their collection, it takes them straight to that tab. So there's like all these cool little thing, benefits you can get from this. Um, so we call that the drill down tabs component. And I think it's really, really cool. And um, 
you know, I've, I've really had a blast building it. So going through those again, the dialogue button component, the number input component, the date input component, the date time input component, the video URL input component, that one's really cool, and the drill down tabs component. Now, in, I, I wanted to also do some tips in this video, uh, not this video, it's just a podcast, in this podcast, but I might leave that for the next one. So the next one's probably going to be a short podcast where I'll go through some tips for building these components to make sure you do it the right way and to make sure that what you're doing actually makes sense in a component too. So if you enjoyed this one, um, thank you so much for listening. Maybe give me like a, I don't know, am I supposed to ask for five-star reviews? I feel kind of weird doing that, asking for reviews. I know it helps the podcast, but I don't know, something feels funky to me asking people to give me reviews. So I guess I'll do it this one time, maybe again in the future if I change my mind. <laughs> Bit of a tangent there. But yeah, you can um, leave me a, a review if you like. I don't really care if it's five stars or not. I'd rather people are just honest about my podcast. And if it's a two-star review, then that's a motivator for me to do better work. Um, I think it all works out well in the end. So anyway... Uh, this one's getting too long, so thank you so much for listening. And once again, check out quasarcast.com slash register because this is going to be turned into a series, and I think that people are going to love it. I think they'll go nuts for this series because it's something that pe people really want in the Quasar community. How to like go one step further with these components to build cool stuff. So check out quasarcast.com slash register, and I will see you in the next podcast where we'll dig into some tips around building these components. All right, bye for now.